Thanks for listening to GYST. You're listening to Get Your Shit Together with Adina and Diane, a digestible health and fitness show for women. Real quick, the content of this podcast is intended for general information only and is not medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Chat with your healthcare provider before making changes. Okay? Okay, cool. I think they got it. Let's jump right into this week's episode. Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of GYST. Adina, good morning. You look comfy, cozy over there. I've been getting some comments. Falls in full swing. I've been getting some comments <laughs> on my Instagram stories about this jacket. It's like a white, fluffy jacket. Where is it from? Is it the aloe jacket? No, it's not. And I love that you think it is because <laughs> it's about $150 cheaper than that. Um, Costco? No, the brand is called... She's showing me a tag. <laughs> Thread and Supply. And it's oh. from Nordstrom's. And I think it was like $39. That's a win. Because I think, was it you that was showing me a an aloe yoga fleece? Little crappie fleece that you're into? It looked like a cute and cozy sheep. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, so this... I mean that in the best way. This has me feeling like a cute and cozy sheep. It's quite warm for the price tag. And I... I'm thoroughly enjoying my time wearing it. I like it. And I, no one can see this, but maybe I'll link it. Athleta. My mom keeps calling it Athletica. She's like, let's go to that to that Athletica store, that Lulu Mom. I've heard calls it Lulu Mom. I've heard Athleta and Athleta. I say Athleta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Athleta. We love that they're a B Corp and that they are more inclusive in their sizing and their sweaters, their sweatshirts last a really long time i have a couple pieces from them and we were just talking before we started recording that their joggers are wonderful especially if you have a juicy kettlebell booty mm-hmm. if you've got athletic thighs if you don't like feeling restricted in your athleisure and i look like i'm wearing some you could almost pass these off as like some pants that you would wear in an office scenario mm-hmm. yeah their city pant line is really cute for that yeah and i think i was embarrassing my mom but we're in the um i mean if you're not you got to gas yourself up. I was in the fitting room. I was like, damn, my butt looks good. And she's like, Diane, oh my gosh, be quiet. I'm like, you got to gas yourself up, get high in your own supply. But they feel really good. So highly recommend. It's not sponsored, but if they wanted to sponsor us, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah. And hot tip, if you are a fitness professional, you can become a fit pro with Athleta and get 30% off all the time. So that's my go-to athleisure brand for that reason. I can get a really nice discount. They're a B Corp, so we love what we're doing for the environment. And it's funny, you said you love how they're so inclusive in their sizing. Now this is a podcast about Athleta. Um, (laughs) I was actually joking the other day about how their catalog, it's like really nice. They show a lot of different types of people, a lot of different size people. It's really inclusive, but I still feel like my body type is not included, (laughs) which is always going to happen. But it's funny because like they have like really cut looking, super low body fat percentage. And then they have just like a variety of other women. But I feel like they're kind of missing the muscular and strong but not super lean yeah (laughs) so it's funny I mean maybe it was just the catalog I got my hands on but I was kind of flipping through it and I was like where am I will my butt fit into these (laughs) joggers yeah there are other big popular brands that make joggers that I just find too restrictive or their sizing is really odd but also before we started recording Vori I think I'm saying that right uh Neil introduced me to this brand because he likes like 
he finds a brand and he just runs with it and becomes like the, a the ambassador like, model for that brand. Yeah, like head to toe. But Viore has these joggers that feel like pajama pants. I say Viore. I've heard Viore. Viore. Where's the I or the I e? don't know. I've heard Viore, <laughs> but there is a U in there. Viore. Either way, they are so they're a little too low on the hips. I wish they were high waisted because I'm not trying to have my booty crack exposed when I'm like walking about my business that was my life in juicy velour pants in eighth grade my <laughs> and i'm told that zoomers are bringing back low-rise jeans no thank you if they start over plucking their eyebrows too we, we can't go there no i'll never go back we can't go back <laughs> <laughs> but anyway that's not what we're talking about today but before we get into the sweets the sweets of, of the meats episode, the, the sweet meats that's a whole nother thing i want to know what you're consuming on the food front okay so we were away for the weekend we had a family event and so my fridge was empty which isn't often the case but donnie and i looked at each other on sunday and we were like what are we gonna eat there's no food in here and so we actually drove into the city to the upper west side to pick up meat from this spot called izzy's smokehouse and they had a location in brooklyn it's a kosher smokehouse these guys are legit like they are slow smoking meats and here's the hot tip this is the trick for how to navigate a restaurant like that i don't order their prepared dishes i just order their smoked meats by the pound and then i Mm -hmm. assemble at home so we literally just drove right by we picked it up we went home and i got a nice slab of smoked brisket we turned it into taco bowls and i'm gonna make tacos with the rest of it (laughs) but That is my recommendation because a lot of their assembled stuff is going to have a ton of sauces with questionable ingredients for my digestion. They didn't seem to have any like gluten-free bread options. They do have corn tortillas. So if you wanted to get tacos, I would do that. That would be my recommendation. And if this conversation is interesting to you, go back. We did an entire episode about how to navigate. Routine refresh. Yeah, we did. I think it's in routine refresh. um, How to navigate like, oh, wait, is it summer staples? Is that the one? We'll link both yeah. of them. They're both good if we say so ourselves. But that's a great semi-homemade hack is to get meat by the pound and then just you're repurposing it at home. Exactly. So many possibilities And there. if you need some yeah. guidance on how to repurpose just like a protein, if you remember, we just did that episode with Cassie, Cassie Joy Garcia, all about how to remix those leftovers. So you can take a look at her book. You can listen to that episode. But I would grab something like smoked brisket or some kind of ribs and just do my own thing with it at home. But it was delicious and I highly recommend doing that. Yeah, well we have almost 30 bangers, 30 awesome episodes for you. We'll link some of those um, that would be complimentary to this food conversation in our full show notes. So over here, as we're moving into fall dishes, fall comfort food, my mom was visiting this past weekend from Norfolk, Virginia. That's where my parents live now. That's where most of my family lives. So for those who don't know, my dad was born in Liverpool, England. He still gets into some of his childhood staples, and one of them is shepherd's pie. So I know that my mom and my dad have that a lot at home. So I made that for my mom and for my brother, all of us this weekend. And traditionally, it's made with lamb. So I got some ground lamb from the farmer's market. You could do it with beef. I think that's technically called cottage pie, but whatever, any ground meat would do in here. So I did ground lamb, carrots, celery. I think mushrooms 
are really delicious in this too, but we didn't have those. Celery, things I just wanted to get rid of basically. <laughs> peas. Neil did a really delicious mashed tater. So you put that on top. Uh, it's really like a nice lazy casserole. It doesn't take too long. And then we also broiled some cheddar cheese from the farmer's market Yum. on top. So it was so yummy. We made that a couple nights ago. And then after that, we queued up some gluten-free King Arthur brownies. The best. So hot out of the oven. And Neil had made some ice cream. The recipe is in the recipe that we use is in our GYST mini course cookbook. So he did a nice vanilla ice cream. We sprinkled some sea salt on there. Oh, it was so good. So it was good. so delicious. You know, it's funny. I made the gluten-free King Arthur brownies one weekend and my sister-in-law was there and I'm notorious for making things and not having a recipe for it. I just kind of like, oh, I threw stuff together. You just put enough. Yeah. yeah. So she, grandma style. she took a bite of it and she was like, please tell me you have a recipe for these. And I was like, I'll, the brownies? I'll do you one better. It comes out of a box. So if you have never tried the King Arthur gluten-free brownie box mix, that is our go-to. Decent ingredients, super easy for a last-minute dessert. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the best box brownie, gluten-free or otherwise, that I've tried. I have tried quite a few. The texture is so nice. They're nice and fudgy. I think you can make it more or less fudgy depending if you like a cake-like brownie or not. Are you an edge piece or a center? It depends on my mood and it depends on the application. If I'm like, sometimes I'll really undercook them to the point where they're almost still brownie batter. And in that case, I really like a centerpiece. But sometimes like if I'm doing it with ice cream and I need that little crunch, I might like an edge piece. Yeah, why not both, right? Yeah. yeah, I've been there for sure. So definitely try it. And on the media, TV, and movie front, what are you consuming? So I'm still <laughs> winding down with Gilmore Girls, but <gasps> Diane responded to one of my Instagram stories the other day where like you could see Lorelai in the background of the glare of my window. <laughs> she was like, I see yeah. you're still watching Gilmore Girls. Um, I So we're winding down with that. But we are consuming some more high-quality television lately, and that is because Succession is back. Did you watch the first two seasons of Succession? No. All right, get to it. I don't even know anything about it. All right, HBO. And it's a story of a very wealthy family. The father, like, runs this major conglomerate business, and they're all kind of, like, gunning for the takeover CEO spot but there's more to it it's not just that it's really about class it's really interesting about family dynamics in the context of this like superpower wealth type thing Um, but it is I would say the best show on television right now the writing the acting oh whoa that's a big claim I can't believe you don't even know what it is Diane that's like horrifying to me you're gonna hear my click clack in here it says a comedy drama it is funny so like macaulay culkin's brother plays one of the brothers and Mm. he really makes me laugh he's like really funny in a way oh i see it yeah i was wondering who else i might recognize oh i see a culkin a culkin is yeah but um yeah you don't you won't really understand it till you just watch so go ahead and queue up succession you got two seasons to blow through now so that's exciting yeah yeah it's not sometimes i do like when there's eight eight seasons for me to get through and I can just cue that up as a movie chore no you can't movie chore this I wouldn't movie chore this you have to pay attention I would it's so well done all right yeah we need a new show because I just burned through 
You season three. I, <laughs> I know this is really popular right now, and I won't spoil much because you're going to watch it, right? Yeah. And I keep seeing people. Oh, Joe is so hot. Oh, okay, first of all, he's like a creepy, crawly serial killer of, or just stalker. I would beg. That's not ruining anything. Okay. Everyone knows. Yeah, that. I feel like the people who probably think he's hot have like residual crushes on him from Gossip Girl. Yeah, because Penn Badgley was in Gossip Girl. Yeah, and like he was a more lovable character, at least at the beginning of Gossip Girl. So maybe the mm-hmm. people who feel that way just liked him from that. <laughs> Not that they like toxic men. Yeah, or they have um, some stuff to, to or, work through in therapy. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Um, the way that he narrates, it's just giving me too much like, I'm trying to be a phone sex operator and sound sexy. What is it about you? And he has like this croaky voice and it just, oh, like, I can you see this? I have goosebumps right now because like, I can't stand it that much. <laughs> um, a friend reminded, they were saying that it reminded them of uh, Rami Malek and his voice, but I love him and I love his acting, but there's something about this. And I just inflection his voice just really bothers me i watched it it's entertaining it feels like a usa drama yeah where it's not that good some things are a stretch i think season one it's an easy watch. i think season one of you was really strong like they came out the gate really strong yeah. it was a new concept it was really enjoyable and it was also kind of one of those shows for me where it was like did we need more of these but i'll still watch it um but about Rami Malek I feel like Rami Malek it's not that he is trying to be sexy it's just that his voice has so much texture to it you know what I mean texture that's yeah. what it is yeah like but I like that there, it's fun to I listen like to because it just there's a lot there mm-hmm. and I guess he just hosted SNL did you watch it I have not I watched from this past weekend I did watch speaking of SNL I know you doubt you still watch SNL sometimes yeah. right I mean it's gone my opinion, downhill over the years. I remember back in college, like early 2000s, it was fantastic. And before, I mean, when they first started out, it was so good. There are so many big, there's so much big talent that came out of it. But to kick off this new season, Kim Kardashian was the host. And I think she did a really great job on her monologue. Yeah, and she's I also silly. Just love Kim. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah. you watch Dave, right? Did you watch Dave? Yeah, not all of it. I haven't finished season yeah, two. Yeah, but like, Courtney is in a couple of episodes and she really makes me laugh. I was never like a Kardashian fan, but they're silly. They're funny. I think they. Yeah, yeah. people love to hate on them, but listen, like they're great businesswomen. No one works harder than Kris Jenner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, I respect them. And I saw that Courtney just got engaged to Travis Barker. I think they're so cute. But anyway, I <laughs> digress. So we can talk more about you season three next week everybody else catch up we can like movie club it tv show club it whatever. i can't believe how quickly you blew through it anyways that's it yeah. for that's <laughs> it for our pop culture podcast <laughs> and athletic podcast yeah. yeah so it's the spooky season spooky. i'm sure we'll have some other scary things to watch before halloween but with that spirit in mind we want to talk about something really spooky and scary so especially scary. if you're Oh, especially if you're in the holistic space, you've spent some time in the diet world, and that is 
sugar. (laughs) It's so scary. And there's a joke, there are a couple jokes in you actually, where they're like, oh, raspberries have sugar in them. And I know there are people who refer to fruit as nature's candy and really worry about that too. But if we're going into, let's say you have kids that might be trick-or-treating or we're heading into the holiday season where that's notorious for a lot of desserts and things like that, we want to talk about this often villainized food. Spooky, scary. And you know what? I think that sugar is spooky, scary, not just in the holistic space. Like, I feel like I hear so many people who allow their children to eat tons of sugar and then it gets to a point where they go, we can't have any more sugar today. You know, like, it's kind of this... Here comes the black and white language of, well, oh, we went all in in that sugar, so now we're going to have none of it. Yeah, and I think even in just, like, the conventional health space, people get to this point where they just, like, blame everything on sugar. And it's like, oh, it's the sugar. Yeah. It's So when they – that's – it's something I run into a lot when I put Minnie into a new environment where I need to explain how we approach food in our family. And – I feel like because people have had that experience in the past where someone has tried to like make their kid be quote unquote healthy and so they just don't Mm -hmm. let them have any sugar and then it's just like that's what people think I'm doing when they when I tell them that we have this certain approach to food you know oh yeah yeah it's it's gotten complicated where like I'll drop Minnie off for a new camp and I'll explain to the teacher you know or the, the camp counselor like oh, you know, these are how we approach diet. And then they'll tell her like, oh, you're not allowed to have this. You're not allowed to have that. And it just becomes this very, they're like, oh, this doesn't have any sugar in it. Can she have it? You know, it's, I don't know. Yeah, still so black and white. And as we often talk about here, we're going to bring some nuance to it. And certainly there is cause for concern for the amount of sugar that is hidden in things that you would think wouldn't have sugar. I think we've mentioned this on past episodes. Dressings, like salad dressing, savory things. Um, I've seen canned pasta sauces that are full of sugar. It's just in everything. And then there are all these bastardized versions of sugars, artificial sweeteners, but also these highly processed substances. Everyone's heard of corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup. We have an abundance of corn in this country. And we're like, how can we put it into everything, including your kids' gummy vitamins? And oh, it's a lot. So we want to think about um, the overall load and where all these sources are, are com- the sources of sugar that we might not be thinking about. Um, and in this episode, we're also going to be talking about how sugar works in the body and some other swaps too that aren't going to be like <laughs> this disgusting stand-in for a dessert. So we'll, we'll, we have a lot to get into today. Are you thinking of the thing I sent you a picture of the other day? <laughs> no, what was that? Um I, I sent Diane a, a picture in the DMs of someone like posting their dessert and they were like celebrating that oh. it was like gluten free and sugar free and dairy free and it looked disgusting. It was hold up. Well, it was a cinnamon roll, yeah. right? But where was the the glaze? It looked like a cashew paste rolled up with some cinnamon. That's what it looked like to me. I would wager that there were beans in there too. I mean. That just seems like, like, what other disappointing thing could be in here? Beans. So pasty. Ew. Yeah. Not to yuck your yum, but yuck. Gross. <laughs> no thanks to that. So let's talk about why is sugar so demonized? Why? I think we've gotten to this place where 
like you said, so many people are wildly over-consuming it and over-consuming shitty forms of it. So whether that's these high fructose corn syrups, whether that is these artificial sweeteners, or if it is just straight up sugar, but it's highly processed cane sugar where it's sprayed with tons of toxic chemicals and there's just that processing that can be very irritating and so that is what's in the majority of our foods and then those things are often coupled with highly processed white flour wheat gluten highly turns into sugar easily in the body yes highly processed vegetable oils And so we're pointing to these foods and saying that these are the foods that are making everyone sick. But the question we need to ask ourselves at the end of the day is, is it the sugar or is it all the other junk and that we're just not eating any health promoting foods? Like if we were eating sugar, but it was in the context of a nutrient dense diet and AKA ice cream that we love. Yeah. Right. It's in the context of, wonderful saturated fats health promoting animal products protein like is sugar the problem or is it all this other stuff and this wild overconsumption of what i would call like unopposed sugar yeah unopposed sugar i like putting it that way i mean i still encounter many people who are like wait you talk about eating ice cream i thought you were so healthy or people might meet me know what i do and think oh well you probably don't want this like you were saying that oh yeah that happens all the time because it has sugar in it and um yeah, oh this happened recently to us we brought ice cream somewhere and somebody said to donnie well what does she use instead of the sugar <laughs> and donnie was like sugar <laughs> organic cane sugar I've, I've made one when we didn't have any sugar some raw local honey but even that gets villainized so we mentioned fruit at the top of this episode so fruit honey maple syrup some of those get villainized as well, but we want to think about that unopposed sugar intake or all these places that sugar is hiding, which is just adding to that overall load. I mean, 100 years ago or more, people were still making ice cream, pies, things like that, right? But what they didn't have was highly processed corn syrup and these very inflammatory foods and just this abundance of sugar in everything. Yeah. Now, um, I mean, I just see these numbers continue to climb as um conventional food is so prevalent right but it's now like pounds the standard american we'll put a little tidbit in our show notes um, the standard american eats pounds upon pounds of sugar each year so what can we add yeah alongside that yeah exactly because when we think about it and we think about just physiologically how sugar works in the body your potato gets broken down the same way that your candy gets broken down, right? Sugar is sugar is sugar. Carbs are sugar. They're the same thing. They are glucose in the body and they give us energy and they are an important part of all of our metabolic processes. They're extremely important for your brain to work and do the stuff it needs to do. Our body needs glucose to function. Glucose is our primary energy source, our body's preferred source of fuel. And even if you are only eating fat and protein, if you are not eating carbs, your body's going to make glucose. It's going to make it somehow. So at what cost, right? We always need to think about that. And so it's not that sugar is the problem. It's not even that carbs are the problem. I know so many people demonize carbs, right? And Mm -hmm. so many people in this space will tell you that, 
oh, we're saying potatoes and candy get broken down the same way, but it's not the same because blah, blah, blah. But like, it is, in fact, the same according to your body. Yeah, we're not saying (laughs) eat a diet full of hard candies and don't eat any potatoes. That's not at all what we're saying here. (laughs) But the point is that it's important to recognize what happens in the body so that we realize that we can't really separate these two in this conversation. It's not that sugar is this crazy problem that everyone is making it out to be. It's just that we are eating poor forms of it. We are largely over consuming it and we are consuming it unopposed. We are consuming We're it. We're also largely sedentary and by we mean just you think of this past year and how many of us work at desks for eight, 10 hours a day or might not get much movement. So I love how you talk about this in your programs, Adina, and that is how to utilize your sugar and like easily digested sugars before your workout. If you're not having say a full meal and just how can we utilize that fuel? But too often we are not utilizing that when we are consuming it and over consuming it, which drives that inflammation up, right? Yeah. And then alongside this conversation, I think insulin gets very vilified too and demonized and everyone's going keto because they're trying to avoid insulin (laughs) but the thing is and we talked about this in depth in our pcos episode so go back and listen to that one if you haven't Mm -hmm. or go back and listen to it if you listen to it once and didn't catch this whole part of the conversation but when we talk about physiology again if we're eating sugar or we're eating foods that break down into sugar, like potatoes, for example, our body is releasing insulin to bring that sugar from the bloodstream into the cells, right? Insulin is an important part of our body's functioning. It's an important hormone for our body to turn food into fuel. The problem is, again, that we have dysfunction at the cells And we have dysfunction with the amount of insulin that's being released or the timing of that insulin. And we can manipulate all of that with building muscle, with proper diet, with eating nutrient-dense foods, with pairing foods appropriately, with timing foods really well. And this is all stuff that we teach our clients inside of our programs. But I just say this to say that sugar is not the demon that we have made it out to be. Insulin is not the demon that we have made it out to be. It is a hormone And it is a normal part of our biological processes. We just need, some of us have gotten to this place where insulin looks like the bad guy because there's other dysfunction going on systemically that is making us bad at using sugar. Right. Yeah, exactly. I love how you summed that up. That PCOS episode, especially if you're someone who's you might not have PCOS, but perhaps you suspect a hormone imbalance or you deal with fatigue, afternoon crashes, go back there and listen to that one. I'm sure we'll be talking about this in future episodes as well. But this unopposed sugar and simple carb consumption really drives a lot of these concerns that people are so worried about when they villainize sugar completely. But there are just so many factors here that we need to think about. So sometimes what we'll notice is either people will completely remove sugar, so they're completely removing one of those key macro 
groups. And instead of thinking of how can I adjust the um, the forms, the other buddies that are alongside it, like protein and fat, they just completely remove it and then wonder why they have these insatiable cravings or, for carbs. Or why they can't sleep through the or night. Should, <laughs> why they can't sleep through the night. How often have we heard that from new clients and think, okay, I just need to use this willpower. I mean, this is a quick side note, but I mentioned the YouTube holes I've gone down and one of my favorite YouTubers, Jacqueline Hill. I love her makeup. I've been following her journey since college. Love her in so many ways. She's been documenting this um, get healthy journey of hers on a vlog. And a lot of it is around um, just completely removing carbs. But then she talks about how she didn't sleep well, how her mood is terrible, how she just feels awful. But, oh, I have a cheat this weekend. And it's just this revolving door of, oh, well, now I can have this cheat and I can have carbs. So Adina mentioned a second ago about how that's your bo- carbs, sugar, your body prefers that your brain needs that for energy, right? And if you have these insatiable cravings, that's information. Hey, what am I not getting? Mm-hmm. What am I not getting? There's also an episode that we did recently on food cravings. So go back and listen to that too. But we are not a fan of completely removing an entire food group. Something else we'll notice is people might replace those with artificial sweetener so okay instead of the coca-cola or the pepsi i'm going to go for the diet coke mm-hmm. and have uh something that's aspartame or what are some other artificial sweeteners even like a whole mess of even them. the stevia monk fruit in my world yes. it's like first of all yes. i think they taste nasty even when they use a little bit because they are so oh there's just they're they clawing yeah it's like it yes. sticks to your tongue Mm-mm. no not for me like birch benders i know that's something that's really popular oh i took one bite like, and i was like count me out i don't know how people are eating so this aggressive yeah. i'd rather just use a little maple syrup right so i know some people like that and i like that it's available some there are some settings where i have some clients who will um use something like stevia instead of sugar for a time if we're there's something specific we're working on but um, I just don't really like those. So sometimes people replace sugar with stevia, monk fruit, artificial sweeteners, but your body's still getting this message. Your tongue's like, oh, I tasted something sweet. Where's the sugar? Exactly. So sometimes, I'll no- well, oftentimes I'll notice with my clients who previously were deep into diet Coke, diet sodas, they still have those cravings later. Their body's like, uh, I tasted the sugar, but then I didn't get it. And there's also a lot of health concerns with things like aspartame, um, if you have migraines, that's one to ditch too. Yeah, and sometimes it's sending this message to your body, something sweet is coming. And for those of us with blood sugar issues, this is sometimes when we get that insulin release and then there's nothing to move and then our blood sugar raises and it drops and it's kind of like messy. And I know a lot of those sweeteners advertise that that doesn't happen with those sometimes. But mm, I mean, if you're not feeling good and you're eating those, we need to take a look at that. But again, if you're sending this message to your brain, sweet stuff is coming, but we're not getting the amount of carbs that we need throughout the day, this is going to present as blood sugar dysfunction, metabolic dysfunction, sleep issues, hormone issues. We really need those quality carbs. I mean, Diane and I work primarily with cycling women, I would say, and cycling women especially like we have seen protocols we have learned to implement protocols that are just simply too low carb for women yeah they are just and that might work for your your straight male partner and you're like why why does he feel feel good on this plan we're doing together and i am struggling all i can think about is carbs and i'm i have all these horrible mood swings you're 
male partner, the men in your life that are doing things like that, they have completely different needs and they don't have the same hormonal cycle that you do. Yeah. And it's not that they don't need those carbs as well. It's just because they don't cycle throughout the month, their hormones are not as delicate and they will not realize how badly they need those carbs for another six years when their hormones go to shit. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's sometimes I firmly believe that we need carbs for hormone health and it's going to look a little different for everyone but something that's really nice about sugar is that it is that quick releasing energy and so for some of us when we're working on our metabolism that's actually going to be really important and it might not look just like cane sugar but it might for some people you know things like ice cream might be really supportive things like juices but we might need to get to a place where we can tolerate them better and again we've talked about this before This is going to come down to thyroid health and there's a lot more we can talk about here, but this is the kind of thing we really dig deeper on inside our programs because there's a lot that goes into this for each individual person. Right. Yeah. I want to know where you are in your menstrual cycle. If that is something that you have, what your stress is like in the rest of your life. Are you postpartum? Are you really active? These are all things that are going to affect what is appropriate for you to eat when it comes to your food quantity um, and your sugar consumption or your carb consumption. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about when to indulge for lack of a better word and when to avoid let's talk about sugar in the context and kind of think about who is this appropriate for do some people need to avoid certain things completely yeah we'll start with this conversation with um how it relates to kiddos because if trick-or-treating is coming up halloween's coming up around the corner by the time this airs i think it'll be the following week I think it comes on a Monday this year, right? Halloween or um, Halloween? Is that right? Man, as a kid, when that would happen, I think, oh, you mean I have to go to school the next day? <laughs> oh, it's a Sunday. All right, we've debunked the demonization of sugar. We talked a little bit about some versions that are more appropriate for some people than others. But what about when it comes to a holiday like Halloween? Or a family event where your kid is going to be amongst all the other kids and you're trying to figure out how to navigate this whole candy thing. Do you ask your kid to completely avoid it? Do you want them to be part of the experience? What are kind of going to be the hard no's? And where might you be able to let them go ahead and navigate the situation and see if their belly hurts and kind of figure it out on their own. Our philosophy around here when it comes to adults and kiddos is what you're doing most of the time is what matters most. So if you encounter a holiday like Halloween or an occasion like Halloween, it's probably not that big of a deal for most people, most kids to indulge a little bit, to have that experience with their friends. Um, There's some other value that comes out of that, that being part of a community going around and enjoying your costume and that occasion that's so fun but there are some kids that might need to be more cognizant of what is included in their treats so um adina i think you know you've had some experience with your kids with that yeah it's like we always talk about it's going to be the thing that you do most of the time for me before one of my kids turns two i'm a little more careful about what i expose them to because like They don't know what it is. They don't really care. And those a thousand first days, like when you're pregnant and the kid's first two years of life, 
are really foundational in structuring their microbiome, helping to build that really solid mineral foundation. And so in those instances, I'm kind of more closed about what goes into my children (laughs) Um, because I feel like I can control it and they don't really care and they don't really know. And so there's no need, like there's no emotion around it. Right. They're not feeling deprived. Yeah. Once they're older, I do approach it as if my child asks me for something that somebody else is eating that I am not down with the ingredients on. If I see that it's going to be no big deal to say, here is the option I brought for you, and that's going to still feel really exciting for them, I will do that. If they press the matter and they say, no, I really want that, one of my objectives is to never make an issue out of food because so much of my like disordered food stuff came from that. Yeah. So to me, the priority is not making the issue the one bite of the thing that they'll probably take and realize that they don't really care about the way it tastes anyway is not worth the stress that that will create for them and so in those instances I just like let them have a little and then I redirect them to something more delicious nutritious an approach as well is to before you go out trick-or-treating or to an event where you know there will be food that you are not as down with Just eat a great nutrient-dense meal. Make sure there's a lot of saturated fat in it, that there's quality carbs there and a good quality source of protein so that they just won't be as hungry. And if they do Mm -hmm. have a little bit, their blood sugar will be balanced and they'll still feel pretty good. That's kind of my approach just to foods that I'm not so down with the ingredients on. And later on in the episode, we'll talk a little bit about some swaps that you can make for just a little better quality on some of those choices. Yeah, I love that tip of eating something, a meal beforehand. And this doesn't just go for Halloween, but maybe you have an event later or, I mean, how many times have we been away from home, perhaps longer than we had planned, and you don't have purse meat (laughs) on you, and you just feel, oh my gosh, I need something now. And so notice what that craving might be. Oftentimes what we hear is, oh, I want sugar or some kind of chips, which simple carbs going to digest or be broken down into glucose pretty quickly. So how can you go in prepared to an event, to Halloween, and just not have that insatiable craving later? And eating something beforehand is an excellent way to curb that or to get ahead of that. That said, in the case of perhaps a child that was diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, something to think about here in the US is food dyes Mm -hmm. uh, that are added to so many desserts, so many candies and packaged foods. So what you're looking for on the package, sometimes it's written as FDNC, so food dye and coloring, or it might just be like blue lake, yellow something, number five. Some of these things are actually banned in other countries. This is not a dessert or a candy, but for instance, Kraft mac and cheese, that is not allowed in the UK because there are ingredients in there that have been linked to um, hyperactivity. And if your child already struggles with that, that's something to think about. But also this might be kind of controversial, but how, how often do we hear now, do you know about kids that are diagnosed with ADD, suspected ADHD, uh, they have trouble focusing, they're really hyper. 
I wonder sometimes how much of that is something that needs to be diagnosed or is it that their blood sugar is so dysregulated because they are snacking on candies and highly processed foods and cereals for breakfast. Cereal, I know that it is so convenient, um, but that is a big part of the standard American diet and kid experience growing up. That was a big part of my childhood. And sometimes it would just be cereal for breakfast that's all simple carbs, lots of sugar, maybe it was a yo play later, but that's a lot of sugar unopposed as we were just talking about. And that is really setting kids up for being hyper and then crashing or having trouble focusing because they're not having more nutrient dense options in there. So I don't know, that might be a trigger for some people, but it's something that I don't think is talked about enough. Is it ADD or ADHD or is it also possibly blood sugar dysregulation? Yeah. There's two important things that I want to say on that note. Number one, I think, yes, that might trigger some people, but it is really important to hear. And I have had the experience of working with moms and them implementing some of the food changes that they were making in their household. And some of the wins that they were reporting to me is, oh, I'm feeling better, but I noticed that my son is XYZ, less hyper, more able to focus, sleeping better, less irrational in the afternoons and moody there are normal mood and attention swings when it comes to toddlers young kids but there is also an excessive level where it might be a diagnosed disorder but it might really have this driving component where blood sugar dysregulation is playing a, a really big role and like diane mentioned with the food dyes that is a great example of where we are demonizing sugar when it is totally the other ingredients. Like we have these links of these food dyes and these artificial food stuffs as this link to this hyperactivity. But so many people will give their kid a lollipop or give their kid an ice pop and then later say, oh, they're so hyper, they had so much sugar. But at the end of the day, Sugar can calm your stress hormones and smooth you out if you are using it correctly. Those food dyes and food stuffs and food chemicals are what are messing with neurotransmitters, hormones, and just exciting things and messing with our ability to regulate our mood, temperament, just being a functioning kid, a functioning human. So that's really important to think about. And and that's a case where you might want to say a hard no. You might want to give your kid education around that food and say, remember, this is how you feel when you eat that thing. Or trying to like help them make that connection. Or after they are behaving in a way that they don't like to behave. like They don't want to feel like that. They feel crazy. They feel outside of their body. If you can tie it back for them of what did we eat today and help them to make those connections sometimes that can help them make that decision on their own even um and not saying like oh you have this problem so you can't have this candy (laughs) helping them with education empowering them with information and showing them these candies or these choices don't make you feel like that maybe let's focus on these choices we're not saying shut down the trick-or-treating because of your kids behavioral stuff but maybe this is a better way to approach that There's also the issue of, I'm thinking of cereals, because that's something that is in the routine for so many kiddos on a daily basis, but things like 
highly processed cereals, lots of candy during this season, they're going to be devoid of those nutrients, right? That they're going to be also perhaps fortified with synthetic vitamins, fractionated vitamins. And so in that way, it's easy to become malnourished Mm -hmm. or you're eating a lot, but it's devoid of key nutrition. And when we are depleting our minerals through stress, through sweating, running around, being a kid, through nutrient-poor food that is going to deplete our stores. So again, what we do most of the time is what matters, but think about where lots of sugar in excess is hiding in the rest of your routine. So we're going to have some swaps for you a little further in the episode, but first we want to talk about how to enjoy the experience of Halloween without the bellyache. So Perhaps you have a kid or people in your family who have um, food sensitivities and allergies, so they need to be uh, to rein things in a little bit further so no one has a, a stressful event of having to go to the emergency room, right? Something that is increasingly prevalent, I'm hearing uh, from clients, is that schools are really tightening up what kinds of foods are allowed in their schools because so many kids now have food allergies beyond, I think there are so many that don't even allow peanut butter at all. Is that right? Have you heard yeah, anything about our, this? Yeah, my kid's school is completely nut-free. This is something that is really puzzling to me. I actually, the school that Minnie's in right now, when I called the principal before school, you know, before we enrolled her, I had a couple of questions just about how they navigate things like food in the classroom because, again, I've had bad experiences where I feel like educators have kind of made Minnie feel different because yeah. I want her to eat more nutrient-dense foods. And and that's not what I want. I don't want to make food an issue, right? So I was asking the principal about how they navigate that in the classroom and how they approach it. And he said to me, you know, I've been in this game for 20 years. And over the years, more and more kids have allergies and food intolerances. And so we've gotten really good at dealing with it. Like, here's how we approach it. And to me... I was so taken aback and thinking to myself, everyone's aware that this is becoming an increasingly larger problem, but is no one stopping to take the second to think, why is this happening? Why can so many kids not digest normative foods anymore? Why do so many kids have anaphylactic reactions to normative foods? Why is it so popular? Why is this so common now? It's really crazy. And Again, there's a lot of layers to it, but certainly your gut health is playing a role. Your immune yeah. function is playing Gonna a role. Gonna get me started. I'm sweating through my sweatshirt now, just thinking about it. Well, yeah. those athletic sweatshirts are really warm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so many kids have, and clients, grown adults that we work with, have more food sensitivities, and yet we're spending the most on healthcare here in this country. So shouldn't we be have this picture of robust health? That's not the case, though. And we've talked. I don't think we've done a dedicated gut health episode. But if you follow me on Instagram or you've read through any of my posts in the past about food sensitivities, we cannot talk about food sensitivities without thinking about the health of the integrity of the gut. Your immune system's first job is to keep you alive. And when that becomes compromised through stress, mental, emotional, physical stress and illness, uh, chronic consumption of highly processed inflammatory foods, your immune system is going to start flagging these normative foods. And so that 
I believe is where are all these these food sensitivities coming from because we have such poor quality food as a nation and that is really doing a disservice to our kids and they're having so many food sensitivities yeah and obviously we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about stress but again this episode is not about <laughs> food sensitivity. We <laughs> yeah, will, I, I know that. it's so hard for us to stay on track when this comes up but we will do we mm-hmm. will do dedicated episodes about this but the point is that as a big picture solution we do think we need to look at the gut immune stress load health of our children if we want to better this moving forward but where we're at right now, the reality is a lot of kids have food sensitivities and it's really nice to see ways that we can navigate those on a very food and candy centric holiday. So yeah, one thing that I've seen that I really like is the Teal Pumpkin Initiative. If you are not familiar, uh, look it up. There's more and more information about it now and the more popular it becomes, the more options there will be. But basically, you can put a teal pumpkin in front of your door if you're a home that's allergy-friendly. And so either that means that you'll have, maybe you'll have snacks that are... Nut-free. Yeah, nut-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, like maybe the major allergens or food sensitivities. Or that you're giving out something not food-related, which I think is really nice, too, because kids get really excited about little temporary tattoos or little toys and, and just things that can make it super fun that don't make it about processed foods you know yeah stickers yeah other things to get excited about I remember that I don't know if this resonates with anyone too but my brother and I would go trick-or-treating and our vessel would be a big pillowcase and so we would go around the neighborhood sometimes we would stop back empty our load and then go back out and people would sometimes feel bad for us because they thought oh they're getting a late start they don't have anything in their bag yet and give us more (laughs) so that was how I would get more of a haul, but I remember stopping by some houses that would give out some things that were like little toys or stickers. I got really excited about stickers. So all kinds of other ways to participate. I am seeing more of those teal pumpkins, very on brand for me personally to have that teal color. So I think that's what we'll be doing this year. But Adina also told me about Switch Witch. Yeah. Have you heard of this? So I had not heard of this before you mentioned it. Yeah. Don't have kids, but yeah, tell us about it. I'm curious how I feel about it from a parenting perspective because I haven't really thought it through but I do think it's a fun idea where you create this fictional character called the switch witch who's a really fun witch and you let your kids go out do the collecting get whatever candy they want and then at night while they're sleeping the switch witch shows up and swaps out their candy for like a new toy that they've been eyeing or that they're really excited about. And so it's almost like they're paying for the toy with their candy. And so I think that's a really fun way to let them do the whole experience without having them eat all that candy if it's, you know, not something that you would want them consuming, especially in that quantity. And yeah, yeah, I think that's really fun. That's cute. We kind of, well, maybe my household had a sort of, switch witch but she didn't end up switching and it was i think my parents just eating yeah that's an option too. our candy i'm like wait where's the rest where are my reese's cups that was one of my favorites as a kid um this isn't doesn't this is just purely from a taste perspective you want your candy to taste good is to separate the hard candy the fruit candies from the chocolate because i remember distinctly the experience as a kid going through the hall but maybe i didn't separate things out Oh my gosh, my Virgos, my little Virgos coming out. But I remember I would like go through, categorize everything. But if I didn't do that, 
and all my candy mingled together, I would find that like my chocolate would taste like the fruit candy. Oh, and that just, that wasn't, that wasn't so fun. Yeah. So separated out. <laughs> Tells you a little bit about how those food chemicals are working inside their packages. <laughs> yeah, through the packaging. Another thing too, I remember going with a friend and she said that we had to inspect everything to look for razors. Huh? Is this something that you encountered? Because like her mom was so worried that someone was going to be slipping like needles into candy is this like this or maybe that was just their household i don't know yikes who knows uh anyway anyway let's get into some product swaps (laughs) so these are our picks for if you do want the if you want to upgrade your candy a little bit so that you can dive in for the full experience but avoid some of that bellyache maybe have some less highly processed or just better ingredients uh from our perspective yeah. So one of my favorites for gummies is Black Forest brand organic gummy bears. They have one that isn't organic, but if you check them out side by side, like the packaging looks very similar, you might almost miss it. So on the back of the organic Black Forest gummy bears, they use all fruit juice to sweeten. And I believe they use pect- fruit juice, pectin, um, but instead of high fructose corn syrup, fruit juice, naturally flavored. They taste pretty good. So I really like those. Or I see Adina made a note here for DIY. Yeah. If you want to DIY, I know sometimes these things can be a lot of work and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as moms, especially when it comes to these kind of holidays. But in the GYST mini course cookbook, we have our gummy recipe, which a lot of our clients love just for gut health, grab and go snack. But if you get some little gummy worm molds on Amazon and you add a little more gelatin to thicken them up, They are a great swap and they are a super gut health option for your kids. If your kids have had conventional gummies, they might taste this and be like, what is this? But if they have not, if they're younger and these are the gummies that you get them started on, they're a little more like jello almost, you know, than like a true. I guess it depends on how much gelatin you add to it. So it depends on what kind of some people like a firm, firm gummy. Others like more of a jello. So they would use less. But you can get really creative with the flavors on those. Yeah, and that's fun. You just use like straight up fruit juice, like a cold pressed fruit juice and some gelatin and make your gummies that way. I saw so many molds when I was looking. I was um, looking on Amazon. Bears, worms, all kinds of different shapes, different animals. So you could have fun with that. Um, oh, I will say just a note. If you're going to do a smaller mold, I would get a little syringe or some dropper to fill them because if you're trying to pour from your pot into those molds, it is not going to be pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Syringe would be a hot tip and even better than, say, one of those glass Pyrex pitcher containers. A syringe would be fun. And then maybe the kids could also help with those. I've seen on uh, one of my client's stories, one of her toddlers was helping make gummies. It was so cute. Yeah. So I mentioned Reese's cups. Those were my favorite growing up. And sometimes we'll dabble with them. I actually just saw that they have organic Reese's cups yeah. now. So I think that it is a good thing. We talked about this in the context of safer beauty, that brands are listening to what people want. So cool that that's an option. Yeah, and we're not saying that an organic Reese's cup is the same thing as like <laughs> eating an organic apple. But we are saying right, right, right. that them putting organic cane sugar in those instead of highly processed high fructose corn syrup that's a huge win that's That's great yeah 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 so i like that that's available as far as peanut butter cups go i like dark chocolate the most now Uh, justin's peanut butter cups they also have the smaller cups trader joe's also has 
um, some really good individually wrapped peanut butter cups that I love. I think they might even have cashew or sun butter now too. So yeah. maybe the sun butter would be an option if you wanted to be more allergen friendly for kiddos. Yeah. And then the brand Unreal, they make M&Ms, they make those coconut bars. Those are a great swap. And and some of these options are getting a little bit more affordable. I know some of them can be expensive when you're used to really buying yeah. um, the bottom of the barrel, like <laughs> Halloween candy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But if you want, I mean, there are always those houses we get excited about where they'd get either full size or something a little different. So, and this might not be just for trick or treating. Maybe you're just looking for something that's like a movie candy swap or something that, um, if you want these just for every day, these are some upgrades that you can think about. Yeah, again, like we said, when you're in those situations with, say, family members or friends where the kids are going to be snacking on these things and you don't want to create an issue around food, but you'd rather your kid not eat that, these swaps are much better options and things to have on hand so that they can still participate or they don't feel left out or whatever. You know, Again, you don't have to do that. You can always educate your kids around why they eat the way that they do and tell them that here are our priorities and here are the foods we enjoy and this is why and it works inside your body. And that's a totally great approach too. It's really up to you how you want to navigate this. Yeah, exactly. I love those Unreal coconut bars. There are um, smaller ones. They're pretty small. We get them from Costco. I, at least our Costco always has them. I really like that they are kind of a swap for mounds. I think they taste better. They have some unsweetened coconut, just a few ingredients in there. My mom was recently visiting, like I mentioned, and has type 2 diabetes. And so she is looking for something that satisfies that sweet, but um, also has some some fat in there too. So it tastes really good really like those unreal coconut bars. Um, now we're getting into some delicious DIY. So these are not things that you would put out for your trick-or-treaters, but just some other desserts yeah. that are pretty easy to do. Again, if you want your kid to enjoy that experience of sugar and you want to give them sugar for, like we said, those metabolic benefits and the things that we need sugar for, I love a date stuffed with butter and a little sea salt on top. And I mentioned we were having some sleep troubles with Minnie. We've been doing a little experiment where right before we put her into her bed, we give her a date with butter and it has been helping her sleep through the night a little bit better. So getting some sugar into their system right before they go to sleep, helping that liver kind of store up some of that sugar can help sleep through the night too. So like we said, opposing it with some saturated fat. So I'd go date with butter all the way and If you're used to a conventional candy, it's not a candy per se, but it does still satisfy that sweet snack. Snack. Yeah, it reminds me of ants on a log, but it's like in that you're stuffing something in there. I remember loving that, but not liking the celery in my teeth as a kid. I love medjool dates. That's my, those are my absolute favorite. Yeah, they're so good. With some sea salt on top. Oh, it's so good. It's almost got that caramel flavor. And I know that date caramel is really, um, I'm seeing that more often now too. For people who maybe can't do dairy right now, date caramel is yummy. But (laughs) if you have a literal sugar daddy... (laughs) Hue Chocolate or Hue Kitchen Chocolate, H-U Kitchen Chocolate. They have a lot of different products. They have these baking morsels, but what I'm talking about here are their bars. So they have some really yummy flavors. I like the cashew butter, the hazelnut butter. There's some with sea salt in there. So those are a little bit more pricey as far as a chocolate bar, but oh, are they so good? And put that in a s'more. Yum. 
Wow. Diane and I laughed wow. so hard when we were talking about sugar daddies in this context. <laughs> Literal sugar daddy. I need daddy. a sugar daddy <laughs> to buy me my Hue Kitchen chocolate. <laughs> oh, whenever I think about sugar conversations, I always think of the guy from Men in, the alien from Men in Black. Do you remember when he comes in? I think he's a farmer and he's like asking his wife to put sugar in the water and he's like, more sugar. <laughs> That's, what that's so, how I feel when I have these cravings. That's how so many people Water. are at their baseline because they're just avoiding sugar like the plague. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another one. So you can find this at our favorite, the Costco. At least most locations across the U.S. are their pressed fruit bars or maybe they're called fruit leathers. So growing up, oh my gosh, I went hard into fruit roll-ups. Yuck. <laughs> Especially the ones that had the tattoos. Do you remember those? Yeah, totally. Those? And like I had some sensory stuff growing up so I used to think it was so gross when people would wrap them around their finger and just like suck on them oh, yeah. that was disgusting That's disgusting, disgusting. And sticky Ugh. ew 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 yeah this uh pr- it's called pure pressed fruit there are actually a couple of different options I'm seeing now uh at Costco but I love that for instance one of them is strawberry and banana another one is just mango pressed into a bar so it's dehydrated there are no other ingredients added so i really like those instead of a fruit roll-up yeah same um did you say solely already or no i think it's yeah solely is the one that's just say a mango pressed but the other one is called pure pressed fruit yeah pressed fruit yeah i'll put those in the show notes yeah and then the other option for like candy um yum earth is a good option that makes like hard candies and lollipops and they are definitely better ingredients than what you'll find in the conventional stuff. So less dyes. I think I've even found Yum Earth has been in like Target yeah. in a lot of grocery stores. So you could probably find that somewhere near you. Yeah. And you know, we talk about our purse meat. Like I'd go after a meat treat too. My kids would lose their minds if someone offered them jerky. <laughs> <laughs> That's like their favorite snack. I'm just imagining that Abe and Minnie are going trick-or-treating and someone gives them like those you know those diner butter packs but it's like a Kerrygold butter and they're like super excited for butter maybe that maybe I could hand out little little pads butter. of butter <laughs> butter pads yeah no we kids. we keep meat treats like jerky on hand all the time because my kids love to snack on that but in all seriousness like we mentioned if you are out with your kids and they're snacking on candy whatever setting that might be if you can offer them some jerky too just to offset some of that sugar it's going to level them out and it will be a much better situation for all of you. Everyone will feel for much everyone. better if their sugar is opposed by some protein. Yeah, maybe for every few little pieces of the candy, you get a little jerky bar. Um, we have, and I keep these in my, I keep all the different kinds of meat bars and meat treats in my bags, but I found these little Archer grass-fed beef sticks, again, at the Costco, but I've seen them at Target. I've seen them all over. The Kirkland brand? Very small. <laughs> The Kirkland brand. No, it's the it's Archer brand, and they're like a couple inches long. Individual, they're individually wrapped, which don't love. But if you're on the go, whatever. But it's like four grams of protein. So for little kids, like they're pretty small, pretty good. I don't think that they're very spicy, which I know can be a turnoff for a lot of little people. But yeah, really like those. So yeah, some good swaps in there. Yeah, and then the last thing we kind of want to talk about to round out this episode is we hear it all the time. Oh, I'm I'm giving up sugar. Oh, I'm going on a detox. Like, oh, after this holiday season, I got to do my sugar detox, my week-long sugar detox, my 21-day sugar detox, my Oh, uh, did you know me when I was a sugar detox coach like right after I finished 
the NTP program? Uh, I think we were just getting to know each other. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of good things about some of those programs where they want to, I mean, there are some good things, right? Where it's talking about getting into more protein and quality fats, but I don't like the idea that we need to detox from sugar for the reasons that we've described in this episode. You don't need to work off either. That's another thing that we hear so often is, oh, I just went in on Halloween or had this event. So now I got to go to two back-to-back vinyasa yoga classes. Like, no, you do not need to do that. Yeah. If I see another one of those memes, that's like, this is how many burpees you have to do for a Snickers bar. Like we want to offer you a reframe because this can be so upsetting. It can be triggering to a lot of us who have been in this space or had that experience or some of us might be still stuck there where we think like that where we think oh this is how many burpees I need to do for this piece of Thanksgiving pie and we'll for sure get more into that when it comes to Thanksgiving but the the thinking around deleting the food that we ate with exercise I want to offer you a different approach and that is If you did eat more sugar than you usually do at, say, an event or Halloween, for example, using the thinking of, wow, let me put this sugar to good use as opposed to let me work off this sugar. Like for me, this example comes to mind because I remember talking about it and a bunch of people reaching out to me and being like, oh, my God, I never thought about it like that. When I did my glucose tolerance test for my kids, and so if you're not familiar, when you're pregnant, they want to screen you for gestational diabetes, and this is an entire different conversation because I do not agree with the way this testing is done in the U.S. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. the OBGYN practice that I went to with my two kids, it does not budge on this, and I wasn't about to uphaul everything and go find somewhere else, but... At the time, this was the right decision for me. When I did my glucose tolerance test with Mini, so basically you just chug this giant sugar drink. and I've heard it's disgusting. It's disgusting. You can try to find one without dyes in it. If your office still makes you do that, they might have an option without a dye in it, whatever. Um, When I did it with Mini, first of all, they made me do it fasted, which is insane to chug that much sugar fasted. Did you just want to throw up? I passed out. So here's what happened. I, at the time, also was still sorting out some of my blood sugar issues. But the fact that I had to do this fasted was insane. So I chugged the sugar drink, passed the test, drove home, sat in my apartment, and started to feel the shakes, like dripping cold sweat, shaking, and I passed out because my body had a reaction to that crazy spike in blood sugar and then a crazy dip in blood sugar. Now, with Abe, when I was pregnant... I said to them, I will not do this test fasted. And they said, that's okay. So I ate a giant balanced breakfast. I did lighter on the carbs because I knew I was going to be drinking this thing. So I had tons of protein, nice saturated fat. And then I went in, I drank the glucose drink. It was still way more glucose than I'll usually drink in one sitting. And it's very quick to absorb. So it is still a bit of a blood sugar spike. But because... You don't typically drink much glucose. (laughs) Just like that. So I felt way more balanced and I went home after that test and I lifted immediately because I was like I have all this protein and all of these carbs in my system right now they are going to fuel an incredible workout that I will recover really well from so it's not about I ate all this sugar now I need to burn it off in the gym it's 
I have all this sugar Ooh, in that. my system. <laughs> Let me turn it into energy and muscles. <laughs> like this is awesome. So if you do eat more sugar at a holiday event or on Halloween or whatever it is than you normally do, training after is a great approach because you will feel so good during that training session. You will have energy, you will build muscle. Like think of this as a great opportunity to build something instead of trying to tear something down. Yes, use that fuel as a celebration of what your body can do and use it to get stronger, to have a really excellent workout. It's not a way to punish yourself. So we hope that you walk away from this episode not scared of this spooky sugar. Spooky. (laughs) Spooky sugar. And that you have a wonderful Halloween weekend if that is something that you and your family are doing. We love you. We like you. And we'll see you next week. Stay sweet. Stay sassy. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the GYST podcast. As always, your ratings and reviews mean the world to us. If you enjoyed this episode, take a second, take a little screenshot, throw it up on your Instagram story, and tag us so we can thank you properly for sharing this show with other women that it might help. See you next week. We love you. Bye.